Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Our original plan for this show was to talk about all the playoff series that are going on besides the Avalanche, and we'll probably still do some of that. We'll get there. But, you know, 15 minutes before we go live, we get the news that Kale McCarr is suspended for one game for his hit on Jared McCann, and we're going to talk about that. AJ, Rudo, Megan, it's, I think we started off and made our feelings about it pretty clear last night in our post game where we felt like the two minute minor was justified and that was the correct call. We now have this one game suspension to talk about and, and no matter which way you shake it, the NHL got something wrong here. Whether you believe Kale McCarr should be suspended or not, either they got it wrong in the moment when the refs decided to take it from a major down to a minor, or it should have been a minor and there's no reason for the suspension. So something is amiss one way or another here. But I, I, I'm curious where you two stand on the suspension, justified or not. I really don't want to kick it off. I I want AJ to talk first. <laughs> AJ, justified or not? No. Okay. I'm going to say no. I agree. I, you know, obviously on last night's show, I was as wrong as I could be about <laughs> anything ever. I was super confident. There's just no way. I live on planet Earth where people make sound and reasonable decisions, where they look at the video and they, they break down things like, you know, uh, headshots and history and, you know, the, the, all this, all these different things come into play. And I wake up today and they throw all of that out and they said, Jared McCann is hurt, therefore he is suspended. And that was the end of the conversation. That was the video. Yep. They said he's not eligible to be hit. Which is the definition of interference. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, was Austin Matthews eligible to be punched in the face by Steven Stamkos <laughs> while he was just skating around gathering up sticks the other day. And Steven Stamkos just decided to jump him after a scrum had calmed down. Yeah. Was he eligible to be punched? Was he eligible to be dragged into a fight he had no interest in? But no, it was all good, right? <laughs> that phrase is going to be like the death of me. The eligibility. Yeah, well, the the the... He's he's not eligible to be hit. He's not whatever. Like, and and for me, I guess one of the keys here is that the whistle doesn't blow. Yep, he doesn't know where the puck is. You see him in the video. He's looking up the wall, and he's then he looks back at McCann. He sees McCann going into the corner. He's watching McCann. He never looks up. Yep, he thinks the puck is coming down because the whistle hasn't blown. Man. And the fact that none of this gets taken into consideration, like. None of this gets taken into consideration that only the, the only thing that they look at is Jared McCann got hurt. Yep. And that is the end of the conversation. It's it's tough for me to because it's not just that Jared McCann got hurt leading to this. It is the entire process of this. I, I already mentioned the major to a minor conversation, but it's actually worse than that. There was no penalty on this play initially. Right. There was no call until the refs got together after the fact because Jared McCann was hurt. And then they gave a major and then they reduced it to a minor. So if Jared McCann was fine, got up and skated to the bench after this play, 
no one would even be talking about it. And we could have had the conversation of they missed an interference call. Definitely. But it would not be any, there wouldn't even be a blip on the radar as far as the NHL consciousness of a conversation about suspensions if Jared McCann was fine. It is entirely a conversation based around someone getting hurt on a play. And we've been long advocates of you cannot punish the result of plays. It needs to be what actually happened. Yeah, on it needs the play. to be what the guys did. I'm really scared. <laughs> Why? I think it's justified. That woman, you're, feel, yeah, yeah. You're, you're free to feel this way. I actually go back to the Jeff Carter hit on McCart earlier this season, and this is going to become something I reference as to why my biggest issue is this being consistently applied throughout Department of Player Safety. Not only just, we don't need to look too back into the rear view with the Carter hit, but it starts there for me because my feelings around the Carter hit were, I don't think his intent is malicious there, but he needs to have more ownership of his body in that situation. We obviously see that it's dangerous. We know the outcome becomes so dangerous that McCarr enters concussion protocols, but that wasn't even why we were so upset by the Carter hit. It was because he didn't take accountability for the dangerous place in the ice that he was, where he should expect that there are going to be players in front of that net, traffic in front of the net, and he just didn't, and there was no issue with it in the eyes of Department of Player Safety. I felt that was wrong at the time, and I still feel it's wrong. The circumstances with McCarr and McCann here are different completely, but it is another situation wherein I believe that Kim McCarr's intent is also not malicious here at all. But I think he needs to take a little ownership of identifying where the puck is in that situation. I believe that there's confusion that it's coming down and he believes it's about to be in front of McCann, which in that case would be a perfectly clean hit. But because he's not certain of the puck's location, that's where I think he makes the mistake. That's where I think the mental lapse is that he has to take a little bit of ownership in not knowing where the puck is, whether he's heard a whistle or not. That is a player, by all accounts, might not have the puck. And that is textbook interference. And because of, like, that's where it becomes confusing because of how McCann goes down. I think this, because the contact initially to me is shoulder to shoulder. I don't think that this is something that starts with any relation to the head, it just ends that way, in part because his head hits the glass and then again on the way down. I think that's why this became so serious for McCann. And it's hard for me to separate that for a moment, but it, it does come back to McCarr needing to take ownership of tracking the puck where it actually is. Even if he's uncertain, then he has to lay back a little bit. So this is where though the matter of consistency is still a problem for me. The Morgan Riley Braden point is a great example of especially how the penalties were assessed following that, where Stamkos does then go after Matthews. That changes the shape of the game that Tampa walks away from this situation pretty unscathed and that this Morgan Riley hit wasn't then evaluated more closely or the Dumba Pavelski hit wasn't evaluated more closely because I think that was more predatory. Like, I don't even think McCarr's hit was predatory on McCann, but that was pretty textbook predatory Dumba on Pavelski that it wasn't even looked at is frustrating that the Carter McCarr hit from earlier this season wasn't even looked at is unacceptable to me. If I'm going to advocate for this precedent to be set that whether intentional or not, players need to take ownership of their body, then I need to apply a little bit of that here with Kale McCarr and the judgment call that's made with lo location of the puck and then the timing of the hit as a result. Look, I think there's a perfectly justified argument that you can say he should have been suspended, but... As you said, I think that argument from the NHL side falls apart because of the wild inconsistency that you've seen from that. Darren Helm. Yeah. What is the story behind why Darren Helm's not on the lineup now? I don't know the hit that might have led to this, but it begs more question. It, and well, and we've seen the Evs. I mean, the Evs have battled as many injuries as anybody all year. Yep. Did all of them just magically get hurt? <laughs> were, they were they the result of hits along the way? Were they, you know, I, I guess... I guess my real frustration is the Dumba situation Me too. also happens. It, it, it is a, it is a, it, that is a play that you use the word predatory, which I think is the perfect word because Dumba is not playing the puck. He's watching Joe Pavelski. His plan there is to crush Joe Pavelski. Yeah. Regardless Pavelski of the gets puck. rid of the yeah. puck. He smokes him. And then we all agreed, like, it really sucked. 
that Pavelski got hurt because the Dumba hit isn't what causes the damage. It's the stick coming up. It hits him in the face. It's the head hitting the ice when he goes down. And you're saying, okay, I'm cool with them not suspending Matt Dumba for a predatory hit that should have been a a penalty, should have been a power play, should have been all these different things. But I didn't think it was suspendable. And I look at this situation, feel it is a less predatory act by McCarr because he doesn't know where, you know, you're right. It's his responsibility to know where the puck is. He doesn't. He looks up the wall. He looks at McCann, who looks like. He sees McCann looking like. Who who sees McCann looking up, does not hear a whistle. So he thinks the puck is coming down because if there's a whistle, he knows that the puck is out of play and he doesn't have to do anything. There's no whistle there. So he's playing the situation that he thinks he's in. It's not the situation that he's in because there hasn't been a whistle. So he thinks he's playing the game. Yep. He's not trying to hurt Jared McCann. He's not, he doesn't, he only goes to hit him because he thinks that the puck is going to be a part of that conversation. Mm -hmm. So he thinks he's playing the game. He's just in a different situation than what he thinks he is. And I guess I just feel, I guess I just feel like the predatory part of this well, is where is where the the Dumba hit is more predatory, and the player gets hurt, and nothing. So here's the, this is a less predatory play. The player also gets hurt, but this one is suspendable. And, and I would love to believe that they're just going to say if you hurt guys with illegal you hits, but you get suspended. It's not, it's we aren't going to magically that, live though. in that world anymore. I could be convinced in a world where they said these hits are similar. We're going to suspend McCarr. Whatever, maybe they talk themselves into Matt Dumba not getting suspended. Matt Dumba didn't even get a hearing for that. Right. There There wasn't wasn't even even a conversation. conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I just don't understand how both of those worlds can exist. If if you think McCarr's hit is suspendable, you cannot possibly think that the Matt Dumba hit isn't. It it they're even if Dumba's is worse or or you think McCarr's is worse, both of them are similar enough that it cannot be that different between the two. And the other side of this argument that I would make is exactly the Jeff Carter thing. The one thing we've seen the NHL at least outwardly say they're trying to get rid of is headshots in the league, blindside hits, things like that. McCart does not hit Jared McCann in the head. <laughs> and, and obviously it sucks that McCann's head goes off the glass and off the ice. It's right. terrible. That's not, yeah, that's obviously awful. But you're, you've watched the Avs take headshots repeatedly over the last few years, whether it be the accidental one on McCarr from Carter or Keegan Colasar on Bowen Byram a few years ago or on and on and on and on. And you watch these guys get away with it half the time. Yeah. And now Kale McCarr is getting punished for, yes, is it late? Absolutely. It's interference. Dude, I'm with you on that. It's totally a penalty. The actual execution of the hit, McCarr does nothing wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's a heavy hit in For a situation sure. where he doesn't know where the puck is. And I think if you want to say that's where he went wrong, that's where he went wrong is that he smokes him. If he if he just pins him, if he does pretty much anything else other than just like drop this guy. And, and, and again, if we're you, probably not in this conversation right now. If you believe that that's a suspendable hit like Megan does, I think that's a totally justifiable opinion. Yeah, I don't have any issue with them deciding this is a suspendable hit. The issue is that a week ago it wasn't. Yep. Yeah. And so you're asking what changed? Yep. And that's where that's where to be honest with you, I'm angry. Yeah. Um, because this is a series changing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say Colorado can't win without him. He, they definitely can. Yeah. But, um, but this is, you watch most of the Dops videos mm-hmm. and there's typically a, Hey, there's a, this is where, this is where stepping stone of like, he's not eligible to be hit. Yeah. McCarr hits him high and yeah. he comes, leaves his feet, whatever. There's like it was, five things. It was, he wasn't eligible to be hit, yeah. which is a phrase, which is a, like a, a, a concept that I am going to obsess over for every playoff every yeah. playoff game for the rest of this year. I'm going to be like, that guy wasn't eligible to be hit. That guy wasn't well, eligible to be hit. 
that guy wasn't eligible to it's, be hit. It's but I, it, it comes down to he got hurt. Yep. That is the only thing. That is the only thing that I can I can square up and say this makes sense to me is they said he got hurt. Kill McCarr hurt a guy when he wasn't eligible to be hit. Yep. A guy who shouldn't have been hit was not bracing for contact. None of that. He got hurt. So we feel like we have to suspend him. And if you boil it down to that bottom line, I am completely okay with it. I will not be okay with it. The second probably, probably by the end of tonight. Yeah. yeah. When something else will happen in a different game. And it will not end up in and and it will not end up in a conversation. It will not end up in a hearing. It will not end up in a suspension. And you will look at it and you will say these are awfully similar. What's happening here? Yep. It's really upsetting. Even as we're talking about it out loud, more examples come to mind. Dumba not having his hit even looked at is shocking. But even the way in which these things aren't created equally, like in the regular season, the Hartman Ehlers hit interference, very mm-hmm. much predatory, one game is not created equal to what happened with McCarr and McCann, but in the mm-hmm. eyes of the suspension, apparently they are. To me, these are two very different situations that should, like in that case, Hartman should have taken more than a game. That seems so much more egregious to me. Especially with the old uh, playoff to regular season game conversion yep. factor. You're telling me during the regular season this would have been a two-game suspension? It, so... <sighs> What do you do for the what do you do for the it should be a one game suspension in the regular season? Isn't that where you go to a fine in the playoffs, knowing that playoff games are more valuable? It's I I'm I'm just kind of confused because by Dops' own admission, that is how they view playoff games. Yep. As twice as valuable as a regular season game. So they, they think this would have been a two game suspension in the regular season? That's crazy town to me. Yeah, you're right. That is shocking than the side by side of these two. Yeah. Well, and like the list goes on. I don't want to right. hash too we many could, of we these. Could, we could just go through every Dobbs decision and be like, good I call, mean, bad call, good well, call, it's bad not, call. It's the no decisions that they make as well. When you it's look the at, no decisions that drive the, everybody look at crazy. Sam Gerard last year in the playoffs. And, and that was a hit that I think most of us came away from saying, yeah, that's yeah. not as suspendable. It's unfortunate that Sam Gerard got hurt. It was predatory. Yep. He left his feet and he hit him high and he broke his fucking sternum. And we and, and, and that call, we were like, you know what? It's, it probably should have been two minutes. At least you and I. Yeah. And and to get that type of play and not even have a hearing about it compared to Kale McCart getting an actual suspension. You're beyond the point of inconsistency right now. It genuinely feels like the dopes is just making it up as they go on a case-by-case basis with no comparisons that you can make to any other play. I I guess the last part of this that I'll, I'll just say really frustrates me was that the video, the suspension video that the league released makes no mention of the fact that the whistle hasn't blown yep. and that he's he's continuing to play for a reason. He doesn't go over there and hit the guy for fucking fun. He just doesn't. He's not like skating over there like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. He he there's no whistle. And when in the in the the suspension video that when they're breaking it down the the puck is saved and it goes out of play. He knows that because he knows how he knows where the puck ended up in, but when you consider the information in that moment, there's no whistle to let anybody on the ice know. Everybody else on the ice continued to play because there's no whistle. Yep. McCann's looking for the puck because he's not hearing it. McCarr looks up the wall to see if where everybody else on the ice is to say, okay, how should I engage in this situation? Because if there's help, if there's another guy there, maybe he doesn't go in and hit that guy. Maybe he's got, you know, hey, I've got help. I can have a, a softer engage. He thinks he's by himself. He thinks he's he thinks that the puck is coming down because the referee has not blown it dead. It, and you look at this, and you oh, we need to go back and I, I need to just go back and double check and see who the refs were from last night's game, out of curiosity, because for me it starts with a massive amount of incompetence from the refs. 
If this is yep. a suspendable hit in the eyes of the league, it should have been the major and he should have been tossed right then and there. Yep. And then he would be back for game five. Yep. Because he would have served a suspension. Exactly. He would have essentially. Yeah. We're talking this thing is like, what, five, six minutes into the first period, something like that? Like, I think it's 10 it's like minutes 10, into the first. Yeah. yeah. 10 minutes into the first period. It essentially would have been a. It essentially would have been. He'd have played four minutes in the Yeah, game. exactly. So I want to know. We talk about referee accountability a lot on our show and the officials accountability and blah, blah, blah. I want to know if these guys work another game in the postseason because you look at you look at how they handle this situation. It, it's created by the ref doesn't know where the puck is. Yep. He doesn't blow the whistle dead. It ends up in this. And then, well, he's hurt. Something must have happened. He got a major. Yep. What? Okay, we're going to review well, it. So now it's a minor. Now he's suspended. I, my assumption, and this is an assumption to be clear, is they called it a major so they could review it. <sighs> because I really, I don't think the refs really knew what happened there, as shown by them not blowing calling a penalty yeah, initially, well, not even not, not to play the dead. Whistle. They're not even where where the puck is, and it is mutually exclusive that either the refs got something wrong or the Department of Player Safety got something wrong. They can't both be in the right when the refs reduce it to a minor and then McCarr still gets a suspension. So something got messed up along the way here, no matter what. And to me, it still very much feels like they punished to the result of the play, which I find extremely frustrating, especially given, as we already talked about, how many results where the abs have gotten injured on plays and everyone just went nothing, not a single thing. But... Anyway, if you want to see players get suspended or not in real time, game time. Head on over to game time to get your tickets today. You can use the DNVR code to get $20 off your purchase. You can get tickets for up to 60% off full price. If you wait, do the thing where you get tickets at the last second. It's a really good way to get a better price for tickets for playoff games, whether it be the abs or nuggets. So highly recommend you go check out game time and get yourself some fantastic tickets. Uh, there's also a link down in the description that you can use. Uh, you go there, they'll show you where your seats are. You can pick and choose which ones you want. It's a fantastic marketplace for tickets all the way around. Over 15 million people have used their tickets there. So go check out game time today. Use the DNVR code to get 20%, $20 rather off when you buy. Also brought to you by Illegal Pete's. If you're suspended for the day, you might as well go get yourself a delicious burrito, Kale. I'm just just throwing it out there. Go get some illegal pizza and enjoy the day. Uh, they have amazing burritos with fresh ingredients, of course. There's 10 different locations here in Colorado, including one right down by the bar. So you can go pregame there a little bit before you come down to the bar for tonight's Nuggets game. Highly recommend. Uh, they have happy hour from 3 to 6 p.m. at Pete's. Fantastic margaritas to check out. Go over there. Have a great time. Get yourself delicious food. Why not? It's just it's just a fun old time all the way around with the legal beats. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Do we have more to say about the kale thing or do we want to move on? I don't know what a bunch of people tweeted at me today about the George Peros abs conspiracy. I don't know anything about this. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going. But there. after today, I am absolute sell me. <laughs> it always comes back to Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, jokes aside, like I don't think there's a conspiracy, mm, but it course. does make you wonder, man. Like it does make you wonder how this ended up where it did with so many other situations that we have been upset about. I think the one that has bothered me the most for the longest is the Colasar Byram thing. Yep. Where a guy jumps into him, smashes his head against the glass, and it causes him uh, adverse effects for two full years. And Keegan Colesar has just continued on la-di-da. Yep. And there was never a word about it. And we just had to, we just had to eat that. And I think, I think watching uh, some of this, some of this, some of this frustration is absolutely that this is a cursed season. That, For sure. That, uh, I mean, since, since the postseason started, you had a player get hurt in warmups. Yep. How often does that happen? Never. <laughs> yeah. A player get hurt in warmups and hasn't returned. Yep. Still out. You had a key player. Uh, your your captain has this goofy knee injury. That just doesn't heal. And announces yeah. he's just done. Yep. You have a key player 
leave the team for personal reasons mid series. Yep. And now you got the you got the the Dops wheel spin. Landed on one game. For one of your most important players. Yep. And one of your most innocent. Like we talk yeah. about the, the player <laughs> right, history right. being factored into this. This is not this Kale is, McCarr. This is Kale the McCarr same the guy. opposite of a history. It's yeah. the same guy who skated over to the officials and said, that's not a penalty. A penalty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call that. And they went, oh, our bad. Yeah. You're right, Kale. <laughs> we trust you. Like, obviously, uh, obviously, like, you know, that's like an, an endearing and like heartwarming, adorable story. But like trying like that's why last night in the eyes of so many of us, it was very funny that <laughs> Seattle was like booing him on every puck touch because it was like, give me a break with you this. know anything about this. Right. Guy. Like yeah. if, if Kale McCarr played for the Kraken, he would own that city. Yep. Because he's that level, he's that level of lovable. And I mean, it's just, and just seeing this is just, it's incredibly frustrating. And this, this season just feels like it will, it, they're almost, they've almost won enough in spite of all this bullshit that's surrounding them. The fact that they can't catch a single break anywhere ever <laughs> this year. And it, it just feels cursed. And I think that's also part of the catalyst of my first personal frustration sure. today with how this has gone is that it just never ends for this team. It's incredible. It's just been incredibly frustrating from the start of training camp when Landis Gog and Helm were out with things that lingered from the, yep. the cup final. Yep. And it threw from that moment to this one. It has been just a trudge through the mud. The very, whole way. very, yeah. very little amount of fun along the way yep. for a team that is 2 2 in the first round of the postseason and won a division title. It is. Uh, at this point, it's almost, uh, I'm almost in the, just let it die. <laughs> just let it die. Stop scrapping. Stop, stop rising up out of the dead. Just let it die. This sucks. <laughs> I'm not there yet, but. I won't be tomorrow, but today I'm full. It's all cynicism and ugliness out of me. Um, I, I just, I'm, ex I'm exhausted. But it has been I'm a long road for sure, but. I love hanging out with you guys. You know, it's the best part of the season. They just spent the whole year building up all of the bad luck, so all the good luck could happen starting tomorrow. All right, and I, then it's, dude, it's a month and a half. Of now I know you don't believe that. <laughs> you don't believe in anything. Well, like that. I definitely don't. You look at the game-winning goal. They block two shots, and yep. it ends up in the back of their net. Like, yep. give me a. Maybe I'm, it's to make things good for the plot for the Seattle first year in the playoff story. They need them to have. Some games, you know, they needed to win a game at home, that kind of thing. And it, it happens to be an overtime game. That's not necessarily a slam dunk from Seattle in front of their home crowd either. <laughs> it's a great story for them. And honestly, like uh, on uh, as much as like I'm like, this is miserable and I hate everything right now. Like it's great for Seattle. Um, it's great to see the Kraken getting to experience that kind of success. The 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 two the two wins that they've had in this series they've earned oh for sure oh yeah and uh, that for me that is undeniable that they are they are where they belong right now yeah. and um I don't know um I'm just they and, and this like just I'm to just reiterate on that point, tired man Seattle has nothing to do with the refs and the Department of Player oh, Safety getting yeah. right or wrong totally. Like, this is not on Seattle by any stretch of the imagination. This is the NHL being incompetent as usual. Yep. So. Yep. And that's where that's where as a hockey fan you wake up tired today. Yep. Because you don't love you don't like injuries. I've got a bunch of people in my my mentions right now from Seattle who are I guess dunking on me. I I don't know. I I a city without a basketball team doesn't know how to dunk. So, something else. <laughs> um but also, uh, I, I just, we're not celebrating Jared McCann's injury. And I want it to be we, very, yeah, very obvious. We were very clear from the start on that. In no way are we down with that. It sucks. In no way. Um, I, I just, we don't like any player getting hurt. I, I don't look at this as a benefit. And 
the people the, the the people from Seattle that are celebrating today should do so in defense of their player and not in view of it being an advantage in the playoff series. Yep. The playoffs is about best on best. Yep. You want everybody healthy. You want everybody available because you want to prove that you belong. You want to prove what you do that 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 you belong advancing. And uh, this is a tough one for me. Same and for today. Far more about the inconsistency than anything else. Yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and uh, it'll be fight the world time. But for today, this sucks, man. It does. And I guess we're going to move on from it because I feel like we've talked about this for a whole day at this point. <laughs> Sounds like we might be a little biased towards Makar. I guess, man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a top-notch human being and an elite player who got caught up in a, in a situation that none of us feel was predatory. I, I don't know. I, I feel like we were pretty upfront about it. Megan saying it should be a suspension. Both of us saying... There's total justification for that if there was consistency yeah. behind that. It's the lack of calls that the Department yeah. of Player Safety has made up to this point. If Dumba had been suspended last week, this would have been a no-brainer oh, yeah. for me. I would have felt totally been different. Like, well, here comes a suspension if Dumba got suspended. Yeah, exactly. Like, wouldn't and have thought twice about it. Yep. My entire argument last night was they didn't suspend Dumba. How could they suspend McCarr for yep. this? I was, I'm, I'm shocked. I was so comfortable last yep. night with the idea that it would... It was a penalty. It was, you know, and I'm, I'm blown away today. I'm still blown away. I think Bednar even was yeah. comfortable. Yeah, he, he didn't he seem to think this would lead to a suspension because of the call on the ice. Also a valid point. Again, <laughs> it's not like they they didn't. They already looked at it in the game, and they decided it was a two minute minor. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, there are other hockey games going on. There are other playoff series going on. The West currently, including the Abs, has three of their four series tied at 2-2. Ah, some of our predictions are looking good. Some of our predictions are looking not good. Man, I don't care about those. Like, I know. People have to understand that we make predictions because we have to. My Oh, for sure. It's it's And mm. and we also will change them. Instead of four of us having a 4-2 with the same yeah. team. Well, someone will swap somebody to a 4-1. Yeah. Or somebody will pick a different team. Like, yeah. You try and have a variety of conversation. I, if we I, were if we were obsessed with trying to get things right, it would look different. I don't even want to get into this conversation. I'm just saying. I want to know what is the best series going on right now? Minnesota Dallas. No, LA Edmonton. Yeah, I think, I think sorry. LA Edmonton. <laughs> I immediately started thinking about the fact that there were zero scoring chances in game three and four. And realized L.A. Edmonton <laughs> not rocks. That, not that Minnesota Dallas isn't a good series. It has been entertaining. Yeah. L.A. Edmonton is just wild. <laughs> Megan, same. It is. Those are all in my top three. So there you the go. other being Toronto and Tampa. I. It is a super good series. Had Tampa not blown it the other night, it'd be well, right up there. And I think uh, I do also think that um, I. Did not see what Sarah Belli said about Nachushkin. It was on a radio hit. Um, so people are kind of like there isn't a tweet out there that you can reference okay. verbatim. No official word. Oh, Some people have transcribed it, though, I think, sure. to get pretty oh, close to no. word for word. It's speculation surrounding an alcohol-related incident involving Nachushkin on Friday. Um, and I think that's kind of where it ends. But then people are adding their own speculation beyond that. And that's why I don't want to quote Cervelli yeah. beyond Can, that. Um, okay. Unfortunately, it's stirred up a lot. This happened before the show. So it's, Everything I think it's fair right that we, our show. <laughs> we're going to scare it. I, I, look, it's really, it, in the modern day and age, when it comes to Twitter... It's really hard to sift through stuff like this because you have no idea what was actually said. Yeah, and the wording of things is usually intentional and purposeful, and people twist that. Yep. They make an assumption and they take it. I've done it a bunch of times on accident where somebody says something and you interpret it away and you add an extra word or two that maybe changes the meaning of it. And it's very. Uh, it's speculative. Yep. Yeah, and. The reason that we haven't gotten into any of this is because 
Uh, Jesse has been up in Seattle doing actual reporting on it. Mm-hmm. And um, we, as an outlet, agreed that we aren't going to add any fuel to the fire of pure speculation. Um, it doesn't do anything but harm the conversation. We have no, we have no interest in um, leading anybody down any roads that don't exist. Yep. Uh, so we are not having, we are not having the conversation. We're not having it now. Um, we're not going to get into it. Um, if it comes time for details to be divulged, then the people involved will divulge those details. Uh, the what we what we do know is that he's not with the team right now, mm-hmm. and that it, when he is ready to return to the team, he will. And those are the kind of updates as an outlet we would be willing to provide exactly. when they come. Yep. And that's that's that. Yep. Yeah. We're not getting into we're not getting into any, any, any of this um, nonsense. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Back into these series. Had let, let's start with Edmonton LA. Is LA still in this series? Because it felt like they had the opportunity to put Edmonton down in Game Four. I mean, a three nothing lead. Yeah. But then you also have a four three lead, and Victor Arvison has yeah. a breakaway with four and a half yeah. minutes to go in the third period, yep. and you don't score on it. And he then, beats Jack Campbell too. Like yep. he, he has him beat with the move, and he just doesn't finish. And then a minute and a half later, it's a and, tie game. Yep. Yeah. And uh, for me, I just that is that was it. I mean, you have moments. Yep. And when you when you have a chance like that, you usually don't get another one. You have opportunities. Every series has those moments where. You can put a team away. You can build a comeback. You can do whatever. Usually don't get two shots at it. It's it's a tough series for me because at times it has felt like which goalie can perform worse than the other. You watch Stuart Skinner get pulled in game four after giving up three in the first period. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think he was horrible, horrible in that period, but Edmonton needed a spark. And then you watch Jonas Corposalo just give this game away yeah. for LA, and particularly the game-winning goal. Oh my god, just so bad. And I, more than anything, it just doesn't give me confidence in either of these teams that they can they can go particularly far if they're going to get goaltending like that. So I don't know. I don't trust either of them. I'll put it that way. I don't know who's going to win the series. Can I respond to this or should I let it go? Which one? Dan Hammer's comment. Uh, Are you yeah. sure? Uh, yeah. 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 yeah it's up to, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but it has nothing to do with our show. Yeah. Just go watch his pod. <laughs> it's a good way. Good way to respond. Uh, I, I, Megan, are are you having more Sorry. fun with this series than I am? Because I feel like I'm just salty about Edmonton and LA being bad. Oh, I, I don't view it as bad. I feel like LA was actually better than expectation for me personally. In ways, uh, I think they've received better goaltending. I didn't think Corpusala was that bad until the game-winning goal in overtime. That was a bad one to let in, but I actually thought he played pretty well leading up to that. I think he's bad. <laughs> I think he's better than the goaltending situation on Edmonton's side of things. That's fair. And where Edmonton has let me down a little bit is they are not as well-rounded defensively as I had hoped that they would have become in this regular season leading into playoffs. I think that is where they've revealed a little bit of an Achilles heel still. But some of their offensive weapons, I'll just say it out loud, Connor McDavid hasn't had quite the pop that I expect, which scares me a little because I think it's probably coming. Their top six as a whole, though, has still been... A huge threat but then LA has been pretty well-rounded the addition of Kevin Fiala was mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. for them I'm excited to see though what that adds to uh, LA's lineup too it's still been really fun for me I c- could see it going seven games I it's actually like I think almost all of the series that are 2-2 I could easily see getting to seven not this one 
Not L.A.? No, not this one. Yeah, it's the one I would feel the best about not getting to seven, to be honest with you. Sorry, I didn't take till tomorrow. I'm back up. <laughs> He's got it out of his system. We're done. Uh, Off the mat. Yeah. It, it is a bit interesting that you see the difference. The East looks a little bit more clear cut. The Boston series is pretty much done, I would say. Boston, Florida. The, the Canes Isles series could end tonight. It, what is it about the West that has made it so much closer? Because we talked all year about how good the East was and how it was going to be a bloodbath. And really, it's the teams in the West that are scrapping this out in round one. Yeah, well, and I think it's because there was less gap between the teams um, where you also had teams with bigger flaws mm-hmm. out West. You know, Vegas is scraping by a playoff series with Laurent Brassois in net. Yeah. Like, just getting, if that, getting if, it done, if Winnipeg yeah. was a better team, sure. I think life would be, a, I, I do think that it would be much tougher for Vegas. Also, Mark Shifley gets hurt. No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Uh, Nick Ehlers has been hurt. Like Still hurt. You're, talk, you're talking about uh, Cole Perfetti was supposed to be back right around the end of the regular season. And just wasn't. And yeah. apparently has just disappeared from the planet. Yeah. So, like, it's it's the contrast of watching Vegas catch these breaks yep. in their round one series while the Avs go through hell is interesting. It's it's, it's and crazy. frustrating. It's crazy for sure. Um, but but also like I just think that the series out west, the teams are just Dallas and Minnesota. I think Dallas had a pretty clear advantage until Joe Pavelski got hurt. And then that gap closed quite a bit Immediately, between the yeah. teams. Um their strengths and weaknesses just matched up way closer. And then LA Edmonton was always we talked about it in our previous series you could you could love Al, or you could love Edmonton all you want. I tough I think they're really yeah. good. That one team that they drew was yep. the one that I had the least confidence that LA or that Edmonton would beat. Yep. And to this point, I think they have thoroughly outplayed the Kings on a whole. On the whole, they've I, lost two games on overtime power plays. Uh, well, I mean, they've also lost those games on blowing leads. And right. But I'm saying like the they've, game, but they have that series has been so dramatic in the swings. It back has and been forth. for sure. Uh, but but I do think that just that stylistic matchup, it shows you how close the teams out West really are, where that style can you look at the stylistic contrast in Colorado and Seattle. That style can make up ground. Yeah. How you play the game can make up ground on who plays the game if that if that gap is small enough. Yep. Uh on that note, best way to watch the Evs and Nuggets playoff runs is to come down here to the bar. It's where all the vibes are. But the second best way is with Fubo TV. You can go over to FuboTV.com slash DNVR today or use the QR code on screen to order. You get 15% off your first month of Fubo TV Pro when you do. They have altitude. It's the easiest way to watch the first round series for Colorado. It's the easiest way to avoid ending up watching overtime of other games while the Avs are playing the first period, though. The Avs' first periods haven't been great lately. Uh, you know what? Maybe if Maybe if you're watching the game... From the start of the first period, the Avs will play better. Maybe this is on you, chat. Honestly. Oh. <laughs> Go it's, to FuboTV.com True TV's fault. Yeah, blame True TV. Confirmed. <laughs> uh, look, it's not just Altitude. It's also a bunch of regular television channels. They have over 140 channels, including shows, movies, all sorts of other sports as well. Uh, I highly recommend you guys check it out. The, the easiest part is... If you have a smart TV, you download the app. It's just like watching normal TV. You turn it on with your clicker, your TV's on, you're watching hockey or whatever it is that you want to check out. So highly recommend that you get Fubo TV while you can. Uh, check it out today again at FuboTV.com slash DNVR. Get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. And while you're sitting back on the couch, make sure you're cracking a brew, a Breck brew. The official beer of DNVR. We have eight different kinds on tap down here at the bar. Again, the best place to watch the games. 
But if you're not local, you can find it at your local liquor store with the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. You can also check out all of their new merch and good stuff there. They have dozens of flavors. You can see their new release in that corner over there. Uh, yeah, it's hard to point on a camera. I tried. Uh, yeah, way to make it awkward. Sorry. I, at least I wasn't doing math, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Go check out Breck Brew today. They make fantastic beer. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. So you have the Edmonton LA series, which is, I agree with you that it's the fun series. You have the Minnesota Dallas series, which, which is two teams just murdering each yeah, other. Which is a street brawl. <laughs> yeah. That's all that's that a good is. way to put it. It's a good way to put that. Series. You know, in Anchorman, when uh, all the, uh, all the stations met up out back and had that giant fight. Yes. <laughs> I guess not. I haven't but seen, yes, haven't seen anyone with a trident in this game yet. I, look, <laughs> probably wouldn't be suspendable either. Uh, it, it's. I, I do want to try and bring the vibes up a little bit. For as frustrating as this been for Colorado in these playoffs so far, for a lot of reasons of their own making, as much as anything mm. else, I love playoff hockey. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun right now. Every night getting just eight hours of amazing hockey going on. I'm, I'll keep in mind, this is just off the top. Don't take these too seriously. Today, who wins the West? Edmonton. I, it's hard to bet against them. It's hard to bet on them. Or to bet on anybody. <laughs> You're not wrong. I just think if Edmonton beats LA, I think what they're going to do to Vegas is not going to be great. Yeah. Like, I don't think Vegas is going to like it very much because I don't think that that goaltending is going to hold up. <laughs> I don't I don't think that the way that Vegas has played against Winnipeg can continue uh, if they're going to get in, against a team that can actually... Uh, a team that can actually make it happen. Uh, and... With the uncertainty around Val's timeline, sure. The Avs, I said that I thought the Landeskog was the difference between them repeating and maybe even making a deep run. If they don't have Landeskog and they don't have Val, you know, and, and Jack Johnson, and he does matter. Jack Johnson sure. getting hurt in warmups. What? I'm. I honestly, I will never get over the fact that he got hurt in warmups in the most cursed season of all time. To be fair, I don't know how he got hurt. I'm assuming that's when he got hurt, but to to be honest, I don't know. If he if he got hurt before that, it's even more mysterious. To be honest, it's mysterious. <laughs> I look. I'll I'll do bigger the, bigger mystery right now. Jack Johnson or Darren Helm? Pobrecito Darren Helm. <laughs> okay, I think it is Helm as well. Jack Johnson. At least they're like, hey, you know, you got a lower body injury. They, Right before the game, Darren Helmut's like, "Yeah, he's gone. Don't worry about him. He doesn't exist anymore." Well, like he like shows up. He he spends more time in a non-contact jersey getting ramped back up than he does playing at yep. this point. Yep, and it sucks. It sucks that it's going like this for him. Yeah, I'll I'll do the Homer they, thing. I think they really miss that guy. By the way, I think they do too. I'm I'm gonna take Colorado here because right. I think if they can get through Seattle. And they can get some guys back. They're going to be like, they're going to get to that level where it's just like, we're actually invincible. Nothing actually matters. All of this terrible stuff that keeps happening to us. I don't think it's going to win any anyway. easier, though. And I, I think I think that's going to take attacks. Oh, the, I think that the the they're going to they're going to be broken by the end of the year. Like, but. I think that the, the emotional tax that they are paying just to get through the regular season and the division title stuff and. You know, the event, and now this the series thing is like with that emotional tax, eventually you hit the wall where you just don't care anymore. And then it sets you free. OK. Yeah, but it sets you free in the way that you spend three days in bed eating Teddy Grahams and not taking a shower <laughs> and drinking orange juice straight out of the container. Not sets you free in terms of it become allows you to become your best no, self. They, they will do all of that. Once that they, is not once how that win. works, man. Once they win, they it is do. called rock bottom. Not rock top. <laughs> oh, look, all I'm saying is the last time they hit rock bottom, they won a bunch of games. So 
If Kale McCarr's suspension is rock bottom in the playoffs, the Avs could do it. All right. I am a big fan of this theory. <laughs> I just don't subscribe to, to it. Megan, where are you at? Who's taking the West? My junkyard dogs, the LA Kings. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know. I don't know where this is coming from. We're finally going to see Quentin Byfield learn how to play NHL hockey. Yo, what is your deal with Quentin Byfield? He has been fine this year. He's a perfectly serviceable, like, bottom six dude for a second overall pick. He's playing, in the, he's playing next to Kobe. Kobe. And he's not producing you nearly who, enough. That guy has disappointed me a lot, is Kopitar. He has been yeah. not great in that series. He's like one of their leading points producers. Yeah, he they needs need, to be because he's getting eaten they up need defensively. More, they need more contributions well, offensively. You're watching Dreisaitl do whatever he wants to that team in the offensive zone. Yeah, watching it's, Phil Deneau they need, take somebody away and watching Kopitar not, I'm like... I don't know what world I live in where Andre Kopitar is bad defensively or just like getting beat up defensively, not bad. But Phil Deneau is awesome, and this series is making my love of him grow. He is awesome. He's so good. <laughs> what? I mean, they would never trade him, but boy, would not would he not be a perfect fit? You know, the they could trade him if Quentin Byfield would actually figures it out. <laughs> there you go. We need Byfield. Come on. <laughs> You have to believe in it yourself first. I don't. It won't happen until you believe in it. I definitely don't believe in it. Yeah. I believe more in my rock bottom abs take than I do in the Quinton Byfield breakup. I like that take. take. (laughs) The question is, is it the dead cat bounce or is it a real rock bottom? Yeah. We'll we'll find out one way or another. Yeah. Uh, We do have a couple of super chats to get to here. Five. Well, that's quite a few. Thank you, chat. Five from Josh, who says, watch game two, eight feet, eight fifteen left in the third period. Helm gets cross-checked in the neck. Sick. Love oh, that. when he got hurt? Love that there was not a hearing well, for that. Was he eligible to be checked? Mm-hmm. Are you ever eligible to be checked in the neck? It's not the head. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, uh, there's t- not like a thing, right? A differentiating, like... Like, we don't just include neck into headshots, do we? I, I mean, in certain cases, getting hit in the neck is probably worse, right? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I give right. up. I give up trying to figure it out. Uh, is that two pounds or euros? I can't tell. Euros from Moro Kiana? I, Kiana? I, I ruined your name. I'm sorry. Does the suspension <laughs> make the abs wake up? So I think this is an interesting angle because I thought that the McCann thing last night could serve as a rallying cry of some sort for Seattle, for sure. Seattle with no Nachushkin and no Makar tomorrow. And I'm assuming on Nachushkin. We honestly just don't know what's they, going ben on. Bednar said no. Yeah, he did? Okay. okay. So um, with, that, with that being the case, I do wonder if this is a backs against the wall. We are suddenly the underdog on home ice where we haven't been very good. Let's pop out. Everybody's starting to doubt on us a little bit. You know, we've got a lot of doubt creeping in from the outside about uh, how good we can be. Is this is this the thing that wakes the sleeping giant or is it not? Yeah. They could definitely succumb to the mounting pressure of it all. I also reflect on how you don't normally have a quiet game from McGinnon and keep that for very long. So I'm looking to him specifically. Yeah. Zero shots on goal is a rare. He, he rare usually thing. follows you those nights know. with like a nine shot he knows on goal that. night. Yeah. You know he knows that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know that Vince Dunn is going to sleep great tonight. <laughs> he knows the storm is coming. The yeah. straight, like, not the, like the McKinnon like monster is just like waiting for him. You know, going to find out who the real Kraken is. Right. Only one gets to emerge 2 9. <laughs> Uh, $10 from Oliver, who says, this series is over. Bring extra hats tomorrow for Nate's hat trick. Georgiev will be lights out. They'll close it out in Seattle. I need that. You had us in the first half. Not yeah, going to lie, yeah, man. I was like, is this a Seattle? Like, are uh, you dooming right now? I was like, man, this is big doom energy. I'm sorry I did this to us, but I like this. Yep. It came Brown strong in the second half, yep. for sure. I, I think that's actually totally possible in this yeah. series, for the record. I Agreed. The only thing I... 
don't happen, don't think happens is that it goes seven. I think whoever wins game five closes it. Um, $10 from Anthony, who says, no matter how it ends, this is the first time since 48 points that I will take a sigh of relief when it is over. Off-season possibly a nice break. With that said, winning the cup is still possible. Agree on all fronts. It's just been such a long year. <laughs> yeah, the short off-season really dovetailed into it and has made it very challenging. Yeah, I can't imagine how they feel. I, they must be We cover the team and we're yeah. like, this is brutal. They've got to be just dying. It's got to be like close to squid game levels with the Evs. Just people falling down yeah. left and right. They just keep marching forward. Yep. Uh, and then finally, $2 from Sasha, who says, win it for Kale, Val, and Landy. Let's go, Avs. That's too many. There's too many names to win it for in that team. And help, man, Jack Johnson. <laughs> right. They didn't even get them all. <laughs> and then a late one from Melanie for five bucks that says, thanks for your insight today. Always appreciated. Uh, we did want to talk about the Colorado Eagles, but we're out of time. No, it's okay. Uh, we appreciate speed all run, y'all. No, speed run it. You have the one minute Eagles breakdown, Megan. Yeah. Colorado Eagles swept the Ontario Reign. They will be taking on Seattle's AHL affiliate, the Coachella Valley Firebirds. This t- tomorrow it starts, and they, as the higher seed Coachella, that is opted to do the last three as needed games in Seattle. So Colorado gets to start this at home. Colorado plays terrific at home. I think this is a huge mistake from Coachella because it's kind of the first to win three in this five game series. And so they have the first two at home. Pretty compelling argument to be made that the Eagles are still very much in it. I know people have looked at how good Coachella has been this year and they have been, but the series with Eagles Coachella this year has been pretty split among them. They've been really close games and it's, it's anyone's game. I think it's called Eagles to lose. They had a perfect special teams in the first two games. I mean, you say round, but it's two games against yeah. the Ontario rain. Perfect penalty kill, perfect power play scored on all three opportunities that they had. This That's is so awesome. in a lineup that is very much still jumbled. They don't have Hunt. They don't have Myers. Foodie has been day to day. And so if they get Foodie back, huge piece. They get Oscar Lawson back. He has a, ga- a goal and assist in his return. Wonderful for him. Eustace Adunin had terrific Calder Cup playoffs numbers last year. He still, it's only been two games, looks good. He had some shaky moments, the very final moments of game two, so it kind of skewed his numbers a bit. But he finished the regular season with his best save percentage of his career so far at the American League level. So he's trending in the right direction and was a huge piece in last year's Calder Cup playoffs. I loved something, though, about what Greg Cronin talked about in preparing for game two. He said that the desperation that teams on the brink of elimination play with is something that he likes to try and capture in his own team's identity always. And I think that's really interesting because he talks about responding to the way that momentum shifts in a game, sometimes not in your favor, right? The team can experience low points. I think this is something the Avs are experiencing right now and how they practice the second effort drills in practice so that they can come out and play with desperation and meet those moments of lows pretty solidly. And he talks about how the adversity they've experienced this year as a group has added a layer of mental toughness that he thinks is going to benefit them moving forward. I think it's an interesting component because there are probably similarities to derive in that that can be applied to the Avalanche group. You know, have they added this layer of mental toughness that we're about to find out because there's a lot of adversity being thrown their way and losing Kale McCarr. I think it'll be interesting to see, but Eagles have some things to get done with Coachella this week. It'll be a fun parent club, AHL club, both trying to defeat Seattle in this series. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Could I ask a quick question? Yes. Of the guys that they brought in at the end of the year, all the college free agents, all the extra guys, has one really stood out among the others? Sam Okay. He So of the points leaders through games one and two, Cedric Paré, a PTO that went successfully, Sam Malinsky, and I want to say Oscar Lawson's right up there, and that's in one game he had a goal and assist. So mm-hmm. he's really translating pretty well just in his return. But Sam Malinsky, I'm excited to talk way more about. I have this sneaking feeling that a film room could also follow the <laughs> Sam Malinsky piece that's to come. A sneaking suspicion. I'm not volunteering anyone for that, but it would be a worthwhile pursuit. I think I just got volunteered to do a <laughs> Sam Malinsky film room. Okay. Because she I wasn't think we, volunteering. She was voluntelling. Voluntelling. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. 
That was very subtle how that just happened. JoJo's been terrific, too. I liked that they went with Eustace for games one and two as a trust that he's the true starter, but it has been more shared starts between Anunin and Johansson than last year with Anunin and Miska. And they've been one of the best goaltender tandems in the American League together. So they have pretty solid goaltending that I think is going to be another interesting piece that they maybe didn't have the benefit of last year. All right. Well, you know they're the Avs affiliate because they're all injured. Uh, <laughs> a late one for Ben King, $2. It says Kale appeals for at least for clarification. I mean, appeal won't matter for a one-game suspension. He'll just, still just have to serve the thing. Uh, anyway. You should appeal. We've run over time here. we got to wrap it up. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us on this off day. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow for all of your Game 5 coverage, pregame, watch-along, postgame. Tonight, go enjoy the Nuggets trying to close out their series. I'll be at the bar tonight for that. There you go. Go vibe. Go have a vibe with AJ at the bar. We'll talk to you later. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom... Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network.